The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield talking to you still from Washington, D.C., where Corn Congress continues today. Right now, the corn producers making some hill visits. Arlen Suderman joins us with F.C. Stone. And Arlen, before we started Final Bell, I made the comment. Producers here are still in second day in a row. They're happy to see some green on the screen. Though it's not a major gain, it's still a gain. Yeah, exactly right. From a producer's standpoint, green is always better than red. Uh, and, um, you know, here again, we're getting some. There. We're getting a bump in the prices after USDA's weekly crop progress report on Monday showed some really some sharp losses in some states in the condition of the crop. When you look at the national crop as a whole, the crop ratings are still above average for this time of year. But the sharp decline, I think, really caught the trade off guard. And uh, particularly for corn, where we have very little margin for error this year, um, the bears have been pretty much in control driving this market down, blaming the trade war. Uh, even though corn really isn't that much of a threat, corn export demand isn't that much of a threat from the trade wars we have. Um, but they, corn is getting drug lower just like uh, most of the other ag commodities. Uh, and. Uh, they were using that as an excuse, and, and suddenly it's, uh, well, maybe we won't have the production there to justify these low prices after all. I do think it's significant. I made this comment uh, on Tuesday in the social media on Twitter um, that the, the nickel gains we had really weren't that significant in relationship to how far we had come, the 70 cents or so that we had dropped. And someone replied and said, sounds like you're angry they didn't. And I said, no, I'm making that comment to uh, signify how far we've come and that we need to bounce a lot more to try to recapture what we had. And the funds are simply afraid. We do get a little bit of end user buying in there. Maybe occasionally we get a little bit of short covering to support prices. But the, the funds are still afraid to come in and build ownership in this market until the chart signals turn friendly and or they get a news report indicating that uh, we have a trade deal or are on the process of getting a trade deal uh, to resolve this issue. But in many ways, shouldn't we, Arlen, have already kind of factored in that we were going to see a, a drop in the crop ratings because we were so high for so long and as we know, Mother Nature has not been the nicest in, in many parts of the U.S. Yeah, well, I, I think I think that's an excellent point to make is the fact that the, and basically you're talking about the rules of the game of how the markets operate. And uh, once something gets factored in, well, then the market can go the other direction. That's typically the way we expect the market to behave. But the rules of the game have been changed this summer, and it's operating off of different dynamics. And we can't expect the expected, so to speak. The market's going to behave in a different way. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from this summer is, uh, you know, typically when we fall that far that fast, we say, well, it's going to be an early low. We can't say that because the behavior of the market's different. There's a lot of fear present in the ag market. And uh, two weeks ago when I was in New York talking to some fund managers, um, 
you know, they kind of have that attitude. Well, you know, we priced in some pre scenarios. Maybe there's some opportunities here to come in and buy. But for us, the question is when. It's a timing issue. Now, should one of those things happen, and someday they will, we don't know if it'll be tomorrow or if it'll be next week or if it'll be three months from now. I, I certainly hope it's not three months from now, but the point is we don't know when, but when that happens, there very well could be a lot of pent-up energy waiting to buy the market. So end users really need to take note of that. There's a lot of end users and a lot of fund managers who want to be the first to get in that market. And, and I, you know, should... We had a news event of a you know a surprise headline of a trade deal. We could trade limit up a day or two or more. Um, you know that's a possibility even because there's so much pent up energy, particularly if we continue to see deteriorating crop rating. Is the market prepared for that? Is, is the market what prepared for that to see some limit up days? Should we get some sort of positive trade news? No, I don't. I don't think so. And. Uh, here again, it's tough to predict this market behavior in this type of environment, but, you know, the fact that we have very little margin for error in the corn balance sheet domestically or globally, um, I, I think corn is probably most vulnerable to that. And soybeans somewhat as well, but um, the fact that uh, we're going to be expanding production in South America and we don't have any imminent, imminent threat of running out of soybeans, I I don't think the reaction will probably be quite as big as what it would be in corn, um, but uh, certainly I think it is in corn. Wheat, on the other hand, uh, here again, we still do have big stocks, and we still have to be competitive with a number of other producers around the world, uh, but I think corn is what's most vulnerable to the upside should that happen. Arlen, could we see some, some interesting news appear, or is there hopes for some good news to appear? next week with some meetings here in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, um, Larry Kudla, who's uh, President Trump's chief economic advisor, made a comment this morning that uh, they expect uh, the president of the European Commission coming to Washington next week to bring a, quote, significant trade offer to President Trump. Uh, Europe's economy is, uh, is vulnerable right now. Uh, they need trade with the United States. The tariffs are hurting them, and uh, we expect to see some type of trade deal. President Xi, on the other hand, of China is, quote-unquote, holding up a deal that's apparently on the table, and so that's still a problem. Lots of things to keep a watch on. We'll be back in just a little bit. Of course, we are at the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Arlen Suderman is joining us from FC Stone. Stick around. We'll take another look at what's happening in, in the grain markets and jump over to the livestock trade as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, where Arlen Suderman is joining us with F.C. Stone. Read an article earlier um, today and then read some other comments yesterday, Arlen, that Canada, of course, we know there's a tariff turf war going on up there with us, but they brought up the point that they would like to see something taken care of with China and the United States because they say it's affecting their soybean prices since their grain prices seem to reflect what's happening here in the states yeah, and, and why is that it's because their grain their farm products their ag production tends to flow south across the border in the united states and our prices therefore tend to set their markets 
and uh, but they have policies in place that restrict the movement of our commodities going north into Canada. Dairy being the biggest example of that, with a tariff well over 200 percent on on milk uh, dairy products. So. Uh, yeah, Canada is being hurt by this, but uh, the example they gave just to illustrate how, uh, when it comes to agricultural production, uh, the current agreements uh, just really favor Canada, and uh, that's a concern. And it's interesting to note that uh, as the Trump administration has indicated that they're ready to do a deal, they've actually President Trump and his people apparently have been talking to the newly elected president in Mexico, and he's eager to. Uh, uh, he's eager to see an agreement with the United States, and it now looks like we may actually have an agreement with Mexico before we do with Canada, uh, which is the opposite of what was expected. The original uh, NAFTA deal started with a deal with Canada first, and then Mexico was added, and looks like we may be going the other way around this time around. That's going to make for some interesting times, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. And uh, maybe a deal with Mexico would... Uh, ease some concerns, not just for uh, grain, but also for pork um, and uh, to some extent for wheat as well, uh, but maybe put a little pressure on Canada then as well. It's been pretty quiet uh, on the export front. I know that's typical, but do we seem to have more of a focus on it because there's all these trade wars going on? I think so, and uh, the mantra in Wall Street is, we don't know how this is going to play out. The economic data is still strong. The U.S. economy is still strong. We need to trade this story some in some way. So, well, the ags are being targeted by China and others, so let's just, let's just short or sell the ags and, and buy the equities and, and even buy the energies at times. We've had some other news that's pressured the energies here of late, but... The ags have really been taking the beating here, even on commodities that aren't even involved in it. So I think we'd all like to see it over with. But uh, all the analysis to this point has been on uh, how much it's going to hurt us long term. We saw USDA add about 200 million bushels to their new crop soybean balance sheet. There's been very little talk of the possibility what if we do get these trade deals and, for example, remove these big Canadian tariffs over 200% on U.S. dairy products and opens the doors for some ag commodities to really flow north and, and similar types of things with other countries. What if this does result in, in more freer trade? Um, that, that could certainly be very positive for ag. And I think ag is in a position that if we can get some trade deals out of it, and that's the, that's the big risk, that's the big question, but if we can, ag is probably positioned to benefit as much as anybody, uh, and particularly with China. Uh, so, um, you know, right now it looks pretty bleak. I guess I'm trying to hold out a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel and, and uh, show there is some hope. It's over to the livestock side, Arlen. Looks like there's some hope and some positive gains taking place in this cattle market. There is. And uh, last week's cash cattle trade uh, um, had the six, what, $6 basis. And that, that's, uh, I think, tied a record for the week for a high, strong basis. Uh, for this time of year, and uh, generally the Packers didn't have to buy much on the negotiated. The last time that happened, was they had to be fairly aggressive on the negotiated market the next week. And Packer margins are strong. They give plenty of incentive for them to pull a lot of cattle through the plant. So there's a little bit more optimism now. Uh, the fund buying coming back in, some optimism that the strong demand we're seeing both domestically and globally, particularly globally on the export market, 
should support the Packers paying up this week, and uh, so the board uh, is reflecting that today. What about the limited pressure we've seen on the, the Lane Hawks? You know, the cash market's still hurting. We're still trending lower, and we're getting into the time of year now when the supply is expected to start increasing, uh, and we're seeing a little bit of softness in demand. It had been very strong, and, and now the supply is starting to exceed the, the demand. Uh, and uh, so a little bit of weakness there, a little bit more optimism in the deferreds today, but uh, the nearby is feeling that pinch. The cash index right now, is still tra- trading well above the board, so the board's anticipating a lot more weakness in the cash. All right. Arlen, what's the best way for folks to reach you after the markets close? INTLFCstone.com or over at Twitter at twitter.com slash Arlen, A-R-L-A-N, F as in Frank, F as in Frank, 101. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He'll keep you up to date on all the market happenings. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the World Radio Network, being brought to you by Fontenelle and all of your local Fontenelle dealers. Rural Radio Network.